if you are located outside of the European Union, the United Kingdom and or Switzerland, then you need an authorized representative. So I have a good news, you have found it with Easy Medical Device. And if you are also in need of an importer in Europe and in Switzerland, then contact us definitely at info at easymedicaldevice.com. I-N-F-O at easymedicaldevice.com and I'm sure we can help you. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Alazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standards today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Lazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today we'll try to help you to get a job or to get a, maybe to the interview. So we have, I have with me, so Elena Keria from LMED, who is a recruiter and she will be helping us to prepare yourself up to that you have a really successful uh, interview process. So hi, Elena, welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Thank you so much, Monir. It's been a long time coming and I'm super excited that we've had the chance finally to do a collab. So I'm looking forward to adding value to, to the audience and hopefully sharing some, some top tips on how to ace your, your interviews. Yeah, great. So as I said, the idea is really that we are giving some tips and tricks for, if I can say, making it to the, to a great interview. But before that, maybe for people that don't know you, can you make a small introduction of yourself? Yeah, so my name's Elena Kiria. I'm the CEO of Elamed. We are a boutique talent acquisition company specialised in uh, recruiting regulatory quality and clinical across devices and diagnostics uh, all over the world. Um, we have both a freelance and also permanent recruitment that we specialise in. And we help people through every single stage of their career from specialists all the way up to vice president level. Um, we're also quite well known because we don't only do recruitment. So I'm known first and foremost as a recruiter, but also we have, you know, similar to you, Monia, you know, we're really big on community exactly. and it's about adding value to the community. So, you know, we manage uh, the MDR update group on LinkedIn. We've got a mentoring program in, in partnership with RAPS and we're constantly um, trying to help people, not just when they're looking for a job, but as they're progressing through their career. So that, that's a quick brief intro. <laughs> No, it's great. And uh, what, what I like with your profile and uh, what, what you are doing is mainly that you are really specialized on this uh, kind of uh, profile for, for quality and regulatory affairs for medical devices, which helps a lot because, yeah, we have, I mean, maybe a lot of people that are listening are, are maybe uh, meeting some recruiters or talking with some recruiters that have no clue what they are talking about. Yeah. So it's great to have you because you, you know about that. So. Um, so today, as I've said, the idea is that we are helping uh, those candidates to make it uh, during the interview and to be prepared. So my first question is, have you had some people that maybe are coming to you that have never prepared themselves for the interview and they are like, OK, I'm coming, but I don't know what we are talking about. I mean, like it's really like a improv complete improvisation. So did you have those kind of, uh, of uh, um, candidates? Yeah. So when we talk about interview, there's like different kinds. So let's just contextualize it. Right. So if you're working with a recruiter, if you're working with Elamed, you might apply for a position. And the first interaction you'll get is with somebody from Elamed or um, a recruitment agency. And so that first conversation normally is fully unprepared. Right. Normally they call you and, you know, you're doing your shopping or I don't yes. know what. And there it is really uh, freestyle. And that's totally OK. 
the focus of the conversation today is really the interviews when you when you have an interview request from a company and now you're interviewing properly with a company. And so what I would say is, are there candidates that uh, try to, you know, wing it? Absolutely. Are there candidates that Elamed represents that try to wing it? Not so many, because okay. we really make um, a, a big point of having uh, that preparation session, um, that interview coaching session with candidates before they go into the interviews. Uh, and, and the whole purpose of it is designed to make sure that, you know, they know what they're doing um, and, um, you know, they're as prepared as possible for the conversation that they're due to have. But for sure, there are candidates, you know, I know that from speaking to some of the companies that we work with, there are candidates that go to interview, you know, not really having much to say or not really or thinking that they can wing it. And um, those are often the ones that don't work out, um, you know, as as expected. So, you know, you always need to prepare for an interview, even if you've had hundreds and hundreds, you always need to prepare before you go in. And that prep doesn't need to take hours, but it just takes a little bit of thinking space and brain power. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think coming coming uh, to the interview uh, with uh, sunglasses and like a short or whatever is not <laughs> recommended at all. But uh, if we want to make it, if we want to be good at interviews like that, apart maybe from passing through um, recruiters like you. Um, so is it like is there a technique like reading some books or what? Is there something that maybe apart from having a recruiter that can help also? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's loads of stuff which I'm happy to dive into. And I think one thing that I want to add to your point as well, Monir, is that sometimes people think that, you know, I'm having a conversation with a company. It's exploratory. I'm not actively looking for a new job. That's that's something that people like to say a lot, um, which means, you know, I'm employed by a company and, you know, I'm not unemployed. Yeah. Um, and then they sort of think I don't need to do maybe as much prep because I'm not actively looking. But what I think what people forget, and I've been recruiting, you know, this for now nearly like, well, it's been more than 11 years I've been recruiting regulator in quality. What I can absolutely tell you is that people in this industry, they have long memories, yeah, really true. long memories. And so even if you're not actively looking, even if you decide after the interview that actually it's not quite the right fit, et cetera, et cetera, that impression that you make when you go into that first stage interview, that will stay with you. And people, you know, people know each other in this industry. So there, there is really, you know, loads to gain by, by doing that prep. So coming into your question then, yeah. um, you know, like what can people, what can people do to, to be prepared? I think some of the mistakes that I see, the biggest mistake is that pe the people that do prepare, they prepare totally the wrong thing. Okay. So, you know, they get onto the coaching calls with me and they've done hours of preparation. They've got pages of notes. And what they've done is they've written down every single milestone from the company inception, okay. uh, you know, until today, every single new person that's joined, that's listed on their executive board, you know, and they've basically done like, um, like a history uh, practice of the company. But actually the interview is all about you, right? It's all about how well can you present yourself? You have to know about the company. You have to know about the people that you're interviewing with, but also you actually need to spend some time looking inwards and reflecting on your, mem like literally going deep in your memory box and thinking about times when you have done certain things because you need to justify in that interview how you add value. And so actually that requires brain power. And that's the thing that people try to avoid, right? Because if you go and look on a website and write loads of 
information down, it feels, it feels like you're really busy. It feels like you've done a lot of prep. You come out of that feeling super satisfied, but actually you've, you've just spent a load of time not focused on the thing that actually matters. And thing that matters is thinking about all these diff different examples of times when you've made a difficult decision, you've had to deal with difficult stakeholders, you know, all these types of things. They require brain power and even more energy than just writing stuff down from the internet. So that's like the biggest tip. And then the other one is, my other big one is that is like interviews, like being good at interviews is sort of like going to the gym, right? It's, it's yeah. like anything in life. You have to, you have to practice. But the thing is, Monir, like, let's say you, you wake up and you go, right, I've got a goal. Yeah. My goal is to like, you know, get really muscly. I'm going to yeah. go to the gym. You're not, are you going to go to the gym and just stand there and just stare at the weights every single day and then expect that you're going to build muscles by just looking at not the at weights? All. <laughs> so you have to practice, you have to take them, you have exactly. to suffer, if I can say. <laughs> exactly. You have to do the reps, right? You have to pick them up and you have to do the reps. Same with the interviews. So a lot of people, when they prep for interview, it's all internal, like it's all in their head or they might write something down. And, it, and it's actually saying it out loud is the thing that matters because when you go into the interview, if the first time you're artic articulating why you're interested in the company, maybe you've got your bullet points, but you haven't actually said it out, that's where people fall, fall down as well, you know? So actually when you do your prep, not only thinking about and writing down bullet points, but then speaking it out loud and seeing how it flows and getting it to a point where you're happy with how it flows, that's the other key thing. I think I think what, what, on what you said, what is really also important is that um, usually when we go to a company, uh, usually they are asking, "Oh, do you know about the company? Do you know about what we are doing?" And it's, I think it's this part that they think, "Oh, they have to be like prepared uh, as hell for that, uh, knowing even the product that is inside. Oh, they have this product, that product." But yeah, in reality, as you said, so we are more like no, uh, knowing the company is like on the high level, but more about for for me, knowing the company is also important for the candidate to know if the values or if what the company is providing or if what they are doing is really aligned with what they want to do or who they want to work for. So, so it's this kind of thing that maybe should, they, they should be prepared. But yeah, no, I think it's it's really important that to have that. And yeah, as what you've said, uh, at the beginning when you arrive and say, oh, I'm already employed and uh, I, I don't need to really make a big impression. I just want to see if I can say maybe they will make me a proposal because they want to hire me because I'm already in on another team. If I can say it's like uh, playing this game. But in reality, yeah, it's, it's that. So when, when we see a, f a candidate for the first time, we have already our impression about him. And if the candidate comes back in the pile of all the CVs that we are receiving a second time, we say, oh, we I remember this guy. It was a crappy yeah. thing. So no need to interview him anymore, etc." So yeah, there is a lot of uh, memory on, on on this business also. So you are, you have to be, to be careful of that. But I mean, what you have said is really important that be prepared, uh, make some gym. I mean, the gym thing is really <laughs> something that uh, have, people have to remember. But no, I think it's a, it's a great, great point here. Um, yeah. When you, as I've said, when you go to these kind of interviews, there are some specific questions. That specific question that they are asking: uh, What are your quality default, etc., or things. So, um, what are the type of questions that are there for sure, and they are really important that for you to be prepared? Yeah, I think I think that if we talk about the first stage interview, right? Um, 
it's typically the same types of questions that come up. They could be asked in different ways. So the key thing is not necessarily to prepare a specific question, because then if the question doesn't get asked in exactly this, that way, it could make you kind of like get thrown off a little bit. But generally, there's a question. There's always going to be a question about why us? Yeah. Okay. So that might look like something like, why did you apply for this role? Why were you interested uh, in our company? What value do you think you bring to this company? How does our company align with the values that you have? Um, what stands out about our company? Or even what do you know about us? Right. These types of questions, they're all sort of like the why us question. Exactly. Um, and so to that, like, as you said, it's not about being able to say, I know when you were founded and then you did this and then you did that. But it's actually about saying, you know, like, how do you align with that? So when you and, and each candidate, sometimes, you know, we're repre we've, we work exclusively, exclusively with a company. We might have a couple of candidates interviewing for the same role. Right. Those candidates don't go into the interview and all say the same thing when the question comes, you know, why are you interested in our company? Because that's very personal. That's about what stands out for you when you look on their website or when you look at the leaders in that company, what what do you align with? And then write that down. And I always say, like, don't have more than three reasons, you know, and and be really clear on what they are and why that's important to you. Um, so there's always a question about why us. Then there's always a question of so, so just, just just to 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 align that. So why us uh, is is kind of the salary or the benefits or the privileges something also to include there to say I, I go to you because you are paying well and uh, you are giving me a, a car or whatever. So is this like something to say? No, never. I mean, you like literally never say that, right? Like, <laughs> do not go. I had that. I had that myself with one of the candidates. I said, "Oh, because you are paying very well. Apparently, you are the best payer in the in the region. So it's it's why I'm, I want to join you." I say, "Okay, great." So yeah, thank yeah. You for coming. I mean, exactly. Look, I I kind of like, I kind of like talk about interviewing. I really draw parallels with dating, right? And I yeah. really, do, you know, you need the other person to feel special. Right. So that's going to be your interviewers. You you need them to feel, even if you're interviewing with five different companies, for the moment that you're there with them, you need to make them feel like you want to be there. And so like going in and start talking about money, it's sort of like, you know, going on a date and then some someone says like your whoever you're dating goes, okay, well, why are you interested in me? And then it's like, yeah, because you're a millionaire, you know, it's like exactly. you, you wouldn't really say that. Um, and it's so it's the same kind of thing. So you want to talk about like the things that really align that make them stand out and different and i always say especially if you're being represented um for this you're not going direct uh, to the company and that's the benefit by the way if you work with an agency or you know like elemed for example we take we remove that part of the discussion and we do that on your behalf so it's less awkward um but you never go into a first stage interview and start talking about money Hey, just a second. Do you need an EU, Swiss or UK representative? Then choose Easy Medical Device. We can represent you and also become your importer. Contact us at eo at easymedicaldevice.com. Agree, agree with you. Yeah, I, I mean, this is one of the advantages. Like we, we know that we discuss this, this part of the money with the agency, so we are not bothering the candidate. And we have also this fuzzy moment where people are asking us, uh, what, I mean, what is your expectation in terms of salary or whatever? And you are here, I don't know, I bug, make me a proposal, etc. So this is also this kind of thing with, which happens. Yeah. So it's good that we have an agency that is taking mainly yeah. care of that, like an a, a, a lawyer, an attorney that is, uh, is taking care of it. 
Exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, like, yeah, you don't, and we, and we can come into the questions because there will always be, um, so there's the why us, yeah. yeah, and there's always like, why you, right? Okay. And and they might not ask you this question. So if you're, if you're interviewing with an American company or you're in the US and you're listening to this and you interview in the US, like the culture there is much more direct when it comes to interviews. So they might straight up ask you, like, why should we hire you? <laughs> you know, in Europe, it doesn't happen like that as, as much, right? So you won't have a company that literally will say to you, like, well, why should we hire you? Why are you so good? Um, but the purpose of the interview is to answer that question. Yeah, it's the only reason that you're there. Like the only reason you've been invited to an interview is because the company have a problem. They need to solve their problem based on what they've seen on your CV or based on, you know, what your representative has said about you on your behalf. They think you could solve their problem. So they're kind of like, okay, so how are you going to help me? Why should we hire you? That's the underlying purpose of the whole interview. So that question might be asked straight out or it might be like, why do you think you're a good candidate for this role? How do you see this position uh, matching with previous experience that you had? Um, you know, what what do you think? Um, how do you think this this role aligns with uh, your skills and experience? That kind of it could come in any which way. But ultimately, the question is, why are you a good candidate for this role? Why should we hire you? And then it's about being really clear and understanding what what is the role asking for? And how do I align with that? And the thing to never do is to talk about your gaps at that point. Okay. So yeah, this is also something where I think in, in Europe, maybe it's they are a bit shy about saying, yeah. oh, uh, because I am the best, because uh, uh, I am the most ex the experts. It's like to start to be humble a bit to say, I'm, I should not show myself like uh, arrogant or whatever. So yeah. what what do you, would you recommend to people on, on, on this point? Yeah, definitely. And listen, nobody likes someone who is arrogant or boastful, right? But you've got to talk about the facts, um, you know, when it when it comes to this. So, you know, you don't need to say I'm the best, but you you need to say I've done it before, right? Um, so um, why should we hire? I think I can add value to this position because I saw that you're looking for somebody that has experience with, you know, a PMA in the US. And actually I've had the chance to be involved with five different PMAs over the last three years. I've also had the chance to directly have, you know, um, interactions with FDA directly myself. And I've seen it go from A to Z. That's a fact. That's not you saying that you're the best person in the world. Um, but that's that's something that you can actually prove that you've done. So rather than talking uh, objectively about yourself, look at the, look at the facts from your experience and come up with a couple couple based on what you can see the role requires, and then talk about them. And is there still this trick about uh, when we say what are why what are you good at and maybe what you need to improve and all the disadvantage? And you say the disadvantage looks more like advantages or this kind of of trick to say oh I am really. Uh, hard workers, but uh, on the other side, sometimes I'm I'm too too if I can say maniac on these details or that details, which is good for quality and regulatory affairs. So it's more more like this kind of trick to say also. Yeah, yeah. So there's different. That's that's like a kind of HR question, like what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses, right? And it's the weakness question. And there's different schools of thought around like how do you prepare the weakness question? And you can definitely, I mean, there's people that will do it as you said, Monia. So you take a you take a weakness. And then you flip it into a strength and then everything looks really nice and glossy exactly. and shiny. Um, so that's one approach. You know, the other approach is you take you take an example of a time where something failed uh -huh. and then you talk about, okay, this is what I learned from it. And this is, this is what I did differently. And then you back it up with another example of a time where you had a similar situation, but you put your learnings into practice and you show that that was a success. 
So um, there's different ways of handling that and how people respond to that. It depends on the hiring manager, right? So some hiring managers, like they hate the turn it glossy and make it shiny, um, you know, weakness into strength. Um, but I think you have to, you have to choose, choose an approach that works well for you, but just have an answer. Like there's nothing worse than somebody saying, what are your weaknesses? And then you going in an interview, I have none, you know, I'm the most perfect person in the whole world. There's nothing, uh, that I can't do. Um, because that will definitely not get you a tick. No, um, it's, a, it's a great, a great uh, but 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 your your tip about yes taking some maybe thing that you failed and you learn from it etc. I think it's a really great a great one for, yeah. for 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 making it like yeah I'm learning and I'm improving myself. I'm not the best, but uh, mainly I'm uh, I'm learning from that and I'm uh, I'm I'm progressing on it. Um, in terms of we talked about that, but uh, in terms of the salary and privileges etc. So. Um, It, this is something that is important also for the candidate. Mainly, they are yeah. coming from a company. They need to know how much they will uh, make, etc. So, um, if they have an agency, as we talked about, you will be taking care of that. So you try to make the best for 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 them. If they are alone and there is no agency that is helping them, so what mm. what are your advice in terms of giving them some the hint about how much they should provide or they should say, should they be the first that make a proposal or should they wait that the company make the proposal or how is it working in terms of this negotiation here? Yeah, because this is where it gets really tricky, right? And it gets uncomfortable for a lot of people because they're coming into this interview and they're going, okay, this might be my future employer. And so I want to be paid fairly for the experience that I have. But if I negotiate too hard, maybe I won't get the job. And if I do this, then maybe it might impact my chances, which is why, honestly, I truly believe like it's always better like to go via an agency because the first conversation we have is like, what are your salary expectations? We can tell you if you're underpaid, you know, if you're above the budget, if it's going to work and you're not going to waste time going through an interview process to then start having those conversations later on. Um, when you talk about salary, usually it's with HR. So if you do deal with HR as an initial stage, that conversation would typically come up. But if you go straight in with line manager and you don't meet HR until the end, you do risk like that. Actually, the conversation about salary doesn't really happen until the end. And normally the line managers, they're not trained on how to handle negotiations. They just want to hire the best person for the role. So so really having in, trying to engage in that negotiation with them isn't always the best approach. How do you handle it? My my advice is always to talk to to reflect reflect on. Look, ultimately the most important thing for me is the job. You always need to highlight that you're in it for the opportunity, and then you basically say, "Look, I'm looking for the market rate that's representative of the experience that I bring, like to this role, right?" And then, ideally, we want to be in a situation where the company is like like telling telling you first what they're what they should be you know what they're offering for the role um some companies might ask you what your current salary is now people that have been in their in in their same job for a long time typically because they have less jumps between companies they typically you know are a little bit lower on the salary front and so you know i always try to make to encourage candidates to make the conversation about expectations and yeah. market rate rather than where i am today and what percentage increase i want to have You know, because it's kind of irrelevant where you are today. What matters is the value that you bring for the experience that you have. So make the conversation more focused on that. Um, and then if they ask, and then finally, if they do follow up and they say, okay, but what are, what's market rate? Well, LMS released salary reports that you can fall back on. And we've taken yeah. thousands of data points. So you can refer to that and say, look, this is what LMS recommended. Um, if you're interviewing for other positions, you can say, look, I'm interviewing at roles right now that are offering from this to this. Um, so you're not saying, let me tell you where I am right now. 
that's if you're doing it directly with the company. If you're if you're working with an agency, like don't play that game, right? Be upfront and let us know where you're at because we'll be able to give you the guidance as well around how that looks compared to the market and if it's realistic or not. Um, so I hope that's helpful. Yeah, no, I think it's really great. And uh, uh, also we have the salary in one side, we have some privileges in the other side, like yeah. healthcare, I think, uh, yeah. a company car or whatever they are, they are proposing. So um, how also to be fair on that with a, with a candidate to say, I, I, I had that on my previous company, but I arrived to this company, should I ask the same or should I first verify what they are proposing to their candidates or i mean it's also something that can be awkward for them yeah so it's about trying to understand more because for example if in one company you get a company car but in another company they just might not have the possibility to give you a company car and if you're like i want a company car and i'm insistent on getting that company car you might just come to a point where they go look we just can't make this work because actually like we just don't have the the it's not our policy to be able to offer a company car so it's about trying to understand the global package so what, what is helpful is, you know, when you do talk about salary, you talk about basic salary and then you say, look, and in my current role, um, my expectations are this. And in addition, in my current role, I also get a car allowance, I get health insurance and I get this. Is that something that you're also able to offer? If they're sort of like, no, we don't offer that, then what you should be looking to negotiate is an uplift on your basic salary um, to compensate. Yeah, agree. And this is really uh, the, the, the thing that is important is uh, like, okay, there is some policies, but yeah, you can, if I can say, bypass that by putting yeah. more in the in the base salary with this justification also that uh, to yeah. say we had that before and it would be unfair for me to uh, then move to this company, even if it's a great job, etc. If I if I don't get uh, the, the at the minimum, the equivalent thing there. Yeah, exactly. Um, then um, you, you arrive also to some interviews. Uh, where mainly you have the discussion about the behavior and everything. And when we arrive to the expertise, the, there are a lot of questions about, if I can say, for example, let's say for regulatory or quality that, oh, what do you know about the UMDR? Uh, mm -hmm. What is the classification of this product? What would you do if you classify this product? Or do you know about uh, whatever mm -hmm. things that are mentioned there? So um, is is it still, I mean, is is this like actually a trend to have some kind of assignments or like you know the google the google way or the microsoft or the yeah. apple way where they give you a, a program and they say make me this program in five minutes and then you'll get maybe uh if i can say in uh, in competition with other candidates to see which one is the better etc so do we have also we still have that or not at all yeah yeah and that's something that actually i'm a big believer in like okay. i think that if a company is hiring for a certain role you know you do get people that will go in and 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 you know sell a very good story but actually maybe you know how do you actually test that right and really the best way for a company to test that better than doing references or you know asking competency type questions you know which like if they're savvy if the candidates you know are listening to your podcast money hopefully they're they're one step better when it comes to those competency questions exactly. But, but really, it's by giving some sort of assignment or some sort of case study, you know, that's in reality how you see how someone works. And the better ones are the ones where you don't give like the candidate time to prep because then it's like, show me what you know and show me how you problem solve. And also there's no, for the candidate, it can be quite, um, it can create a lot of anxiety, you know, yeah. getting prepared. Uh, you know, and having the building a presentation over your weekend for an interview that you have on Monday and overthinking it. Whereas 
if you just go into an interview and then, you know, you've got half an hour and it's like, here you go, just do what you can. It just creates, you know, um, a very real environment, which is very similar to having to problem solve, you know, on, on the spot. So um, not every company is doing it, but it is something that we are trying to say to companies like, you know, why not include that in as part of your process to help you really be able to get some ed- evidence as to like why you should hire someone or not. Yeah, it's it's really. Uh, I, I mean, I'm using that for for the interviews that uh, we are making with people that are working with us, uh, yeah. just because. Yeah, as you've said, we have a lot of people that talk on their CV, say I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and when we are starting to ask them some specific assignments, for example, when we are hiring people on quality management system uh, documentation, so we ask them, can you create me a procedure for uh, this and that, and come back uh, tomorrow with this procedure with the documentation that are going with, etc. Which is the basic thing. We don't ask them to make a big one, but just to see if they are able to. Do that if they are able to understand and uh, and 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 make make the thing. I heard about also some uh, tests, if I can say, during some escape games. So is this also something that uh, you heard about, like people that are inviting candidates and an escape game, and uh, to see how they are behaving together, if they are making a team together, etc., etc. No, I haven't heard about that one. Although I have heard about like the the drinking test, like the beer test. Okay. Uh, the beer test is not like how much beer can you drink, but it's more like the, you know, you go through th- through the whole interview, you know, you have the final round and then you have like a meet the team, but the meet the team is more informal. Uh-huh. So maybe it's like a team night out um, or it's like a team building kind of exercise where it's more you in an informal setting and just seeing how you gel with people and how you, how you connect. Um, I have seen that done that I've seen that done more in smaller companies, um, where, you know, they're really, um, smaller and they have a specific culture. Um, but it's not very, very common, I have to say. So will, will, will then the other employees will vote on, I will take this one or this one or this one. Is there like a, like a, a vote one? Normally most companies, when it comes to meet the team, most companies will only take one candidate through to meet the team. Okay. Um, and typically the, the, the team, um, don't have a, like, don't have the deciding choice, but it's more of a kind of like sense test. Is there something that like is really wrong here? Like, does that person say something that the whole team is like, oh my God, we could never work with this person. It's more that, um, typically there's not like two or three candidates that will, that will go all the way through to meeting the team just for, for companies as well. Like the time invested in taking five people out, you know, and, uh, getting them, you know, to interview a number of candidates, it's it's a really heavy process. So it's normally only one. No, great. Uh, I, I like it also. So it's a, <laughs> it's a good, good one. Okay, great. No, I think I think yeah, we covered a bit what, what we wanted to talk about. Um, and I hope really this is helping um, those candidates to be prepared and to be successful also for, for their, um, for their uh, interview. So can you tell us more also about LMED and your company? So why people should contact you and maybe how can you help them also? Yeah, so obviously, you know, we we are the boutique agency that specialise in regulatory quality clinical, and we have access to a number of different companies all over the world. So startups, really innovative startups that are doing stuff like really differently, the big, big global multinationals, you know, we have access into all of these companies. And the difference with Element is that we really do have expertise and understand what you do in regulatory quality and clinical. Exactly. And we help you step by step through the process. So it's not just that we send your CV and we send you to an interview and we hope you get the job. But, you know, we have the people here that get placed by Elamed, you know, they build relationships with me, with the team that last years. And that's part of, you know, that's why I see us as 
part of the community. Um, and, you know, if you're not looking for a job, you know, think about uh, mentoring. Think think about, um, I've got a podcast as well where I interview executive leaders on like, how did they get to the top role in their field and what are their tips and tricks to success? So there's loads of content that we're producing, um, even if you're not looking for a job, but you just want to grow um, in your career, there's something there for you. So, you know, you can check out our vacancy page on elemed.eu forward slash vacancies. You can follow me on LinkedIn. You can watch our YouTube channel. Um, we're basically everywhere on social media. <laughs> I, will, I, will put, I will put all your details. Uh, so your LinkedIn page and, and company page uh, also on the show notes. So don't hesitate to go on the show notes uh, just to go there and click. And yeah, uh, if you follow um, Elena on, the, on LinkedIn, you will see a lot of content about hiring people, but also about quality and regulatory affairs, so which is uh, really great. Uh, and yeah, I, I hope then uh, this will help you to be successful during uh, during your interviews. So Elena, it was really a pleasure. Thank you again for coming and helping us there. I'm sure there will be other maybe uh, po potential uh, collaboration with maybe other topics on, uh, uh, on uh, engaging with the candidates. So um, yeah, for people that are listening, so don't uh, forget to go on the show notes and don't hesitate also to put some comments if you want and I will share that also with Elena if, if you have any comments about uh, what we discussed today. Okay, so thank you Elena and I wish you a nice day. Thank you Monir, bye-bye. Monir Alazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market.